0: Radio Hi, I'm Paul Ellard Welcome to Our Queen, Our Mother The Graces of the Blessed Virgin Mary In our sessions we will be exploring the topic of the Blessed Virgin Mary and why she is important to the Christian faith. With each talk, we will try and open up and explain in simple terms the Catholic Church's teaching on the Blessed Virgin Mary. So welcome to the program, and let us begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O oh, loving God, we give you thanks and praise for all the graces and blessings that you never cease to pour on us. Countless graces and blessings that we forget to thank you for, Lord. And Lord, we thank you this day for the wonderful saints that you raise up in your church. That inspire us, that pray for us, that intercede for us. That are a great example to us. And on this day, Lord, we thank you especially for St. Maximilian Colby. For his martyrdom, for his teaching on your blessed mother, for his example and way of life. And on this day we ask you, Saint Maximilian Colby, to intercede for us and to pray with us as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Saint Maximilian Colby, pray for us. Blessed Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Mother of Mercy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So today we're going to look at the life of Saint Maximilian Colby, another great Marian saint. And Saint Maximilian Colby is great for a number of areas. First of all, he was a great theologian and he broke new ground in our understanding of who Mary is, and especially in relationship to the Holy Spirit. He also is a martyr, he died for the faith, and he was a very holy man. He founded a religious order. He would have been canonized a saint even without his martyrdom, but the martyrdom really just sealed it and really brought his life to the focus of the world. St Maximilian Kolbe was born Raymond Kolbe in Poland in 1894. In 1910, he entered the conventual Franciscan order. He was sent to study in Rome where he was ordained a priest in 1918. But before we get too far into his life we want to first look at some of the contributions he made into our understanding of who Mary is. St. Maximilian Kolbe really focused on Mary in relationship to the Holy Spirit. And of course, we often use that term that the Holy Spirit is the spouse of Mary. St. Francis of Assisi was the first person to use that term in describing the relationship between our Blessed Mother and the Holy Spirit. And we use that term, of course, because the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary and she became pregnant with baby Jesus. And being a Franciscan, Saint Maximilian was very much into the simple life, poverty. And so he took an approach to poverty from appropriating nothing for themselves to include being appropriated by Mary Immaculate. In other words as her property, to be used as she best sees fit, which amounts to nothing short of total consecration. So the complete surrender to the Immaculata in order to better win souls for Christ. And of course you remember JP too, John Paul II, with his slogan Totus Tuus, was the Pope who also very much lived this kind of of spirituality and he declared St Maximilian Colby to be the apostle of the new Marian era. So we mentioned that St Maximilian was a groundbreaking theologian because of his insights into the Immaculate Conception and he anticipated the Marian theology of the Second Vatican Council and he further developed the Church's understanding of Mary as mediatrix of all graces and Mary as advocate for God's people. And the approach that Saint Maximilian took was that he grounded his Marian studies with the question that Saint Bernadette asked Our Lady at Lewis. Who are you? Saint Bernadette asked Mary. And Mary's reply to Saint Bernadette was I am the Immaculate Conception. So let me just read you some of Maximilian's own words You get an idea of his thinking, a little paragraph here. Who are you, O Immaculate Conception? At Lourdes, the Immaculata Virgin replied to St. Bernadette, who asked her who she was by saying, I am the Immaculate Conception. By these luminous words, she tells us not only that she was immaculate in her conception, but beyond this, that she is the Immaculate Conception as such. Something white is one thing, the whiteness of a thing is something else. When God said to Moses, I am the one who is, God was telling him what is proper to my essence is that I should always be by my very nature of myself with no other principle of being. The Immaculate Virgin of course was created by God, she is a creature. She is a conception. Still, she is the Immaculate Conception. What depths of mystery lie hidden in those words? St Maximilian goes on to say that in order to understand who Mary is and the special relationship that she has with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is not incarnate. So we have symbols of the Holy Spirit as Dove, fire. Maximilian Kolbe said, if we wanted to personalize it, and we wanted to say, well, what's the closest thing to the Holy Spirit? He said, it's Mary, because their union is so deep and so great. He says this, this is how the Immaculata is able to live and to act in consecrated souls and through them. For just as the Immaculata herself belongs to Jesus and to God, so too every soul through her and in her will belong to Jesus and to God in a much more perfect way than would have been possible without her. Such souls will come to love the sacred heart of Jesus much better than had they ever done up till now. Like Mary herself... They will come to penetrate into the very depths of love, to understand the cross, the Eucharist, much better than before. Through her, divine love will set the world on fire and will consume it. Then will the assumption of souls in love take place. Oh, when will the divinization of the world in her and through her come about? The Holy Spirit acts solely through the Immaculate. Consequently, she is the mediatrix of all the graces of the Holy Spirit. So, I just wanted to give you a taste of some of the Marian theology there. It's quite deep, and we could spend a lot of time really unpacking it, but I just wanted to give you a little flavour of what he's all about in terms of understanding who Mary is. But the main point I wanted to share with you today was actually the life of St. Maximilian Kolbe because it really is quite an amazing life and a great witness. And after all, we can have all the Marian devotion in the world but if it doesn't produce the fruits, if it doesn't verify and live up to the fact that we live a more Christ-like life, well, then something else is missing. St. Maximilian Remember, we said he was born Raymond Colby. When he was a child, his mother one day commented in exasperation, ''Raymond, whatever is going to become of you?'' Now, the young Raymond took this comment to heart very seriously. And sadly, he turned to Mary in their little shrine that they had to Our Lady in their house, and he asked her the same question, ''What will become of me, blessed mother?'' Well, the Blessed Mother appeared to him and with tenderly motherly compassion she held out two roses. One was white, that signified purity, and the other was red, that signified martyrdom. And Mary asked Raymond to choose. And so only as a child would do, he chose both. And Mary smiled. And so, indeed, that would become the charism for his life, purity and martyrdom. So we mentioned that uh, St Maximilian studied in Rome and he returned to Poland in 1919 and he began spreading what he called the Militia of the Immaculata or perhaps a better translation is the Knights of the Immaculata Movement and it consisted of Marian consecration. And he founded this on October 16, 1917. In 1927, he established an evangelization center near Warsaw, and he called it Niepołkownów. My Polish is not good, but it translates to the City of the Immaculata. And in 1939, the city had expanded from 18 friars to nearly 900 making it the largest Catholic religious house in the world at the time. And there were many fruits with a community of 900 Franciscan men totally devoted to the service of the Blessed Virgin Mary. The friars utilised the most modern printing and administrative techniques that enabled them to publish one million magazines monthly. Did you catch that? One million magazines monthly as well as 125,000 copies of a daily paper for the one million members of the Knights of the Immaculata worldwide. Years later, after the war, the Polish bishop sent an official letter to the Holy See, stating that it was Father Colby's magazine that had prepared the Polish nation to endure and to survive the horrors of the war that was soon to follow. St. Maximilian started the radio station and planned to build a motion picture studio. So he truly is an apostle of the mass media. In fact, at Cradio, he's one of the saints that we have up on the wall as our patron. Now, in 1930, he went to Japan in Nagasaki and he built a city of the Immaculata there. And his goal was to have missionary centers worldwide and he also traveled to India. And today there are cities of the Immaculata in Poland, Japan, India, Brazil, Italy, the Philippines, and the United States. In 1930 in Japan, he established what he called the Garden of the Immaculata. And it was built on the slopes of Mount Hikosan. And he chose this site in the suburbs because it had been dictated by the poverty but it proved to be a very providential choice. People thought that Father Colby was crazy to be building on a sloping ground that sloped away from the town. But then later in 1945, when the atomic bomb all but levelled Nagasaki, the Garden of the Immaculata sustained no more damage than a few broken panes of glass. And today it forms the centre of the Franciscan province. But due to his failing health, Maximilian was forced to return to his native Poland in 1936. However, when he got back, his heart had sank because the Gestapo had confiscated all the organizations possession and turned his beloved city of the Immaculata into a dreaded concentration camp. Three years later, the Nazis invaded his homeland. And during the war, the friars turned to caring for about 5,000 Jewish refugees, as well as providing a repair shop for the farming machinery of the local area. But the Gestapo wanted to incriminate Maximilian Kolbe, so they permitted one final printing of his Knights of the Immaculata magazine in December of 1940, and then arrested him afterwards. Eventually, in 1941, Maximilian was transported in a trainload of prisoners to Auschwitz concentration camp. Over the entrance gate of the concentration camp was a sign in German, Work makes you free. In reality, upon entering, the prisoners were told that all Jews had the right to live only two weeks, Catholic priests one month, and at Auschwitz, four million people were put to death. Some of you may have been to Auschwitz concentration camp. I went there some years ago rather reluctantly but I had some Polish friends who took me there. and I'm glad I went really. I'm not sure I'd want to go again. But I'm glad I went because you get to see the horror of what World War II was all about. And you walk away from there just asking the question how can this happen? How can four million people be put to death in one little area? Really, the only answer is, to quote a famous Russian philosopher who once said, without God, anything goes. And that's true. Once you take God out of the equation, it's really survival of the fittest. And that leads to dictatorship and tyranny, and ultimately to situations like this. But for Maximilian Colby, I'll switch became a place of ministry. Saint Maximilian by divine providence was placed at the very centre of the ideology and spiritual conflict of the century and was destined by God to be the sign of contradiction to a nation given over to diabolical hatred of God and his people. So Maximilian in response to the vicious hatred and brutality of the prison guards was ever obedient, meek, and forgiving. He gave counsel to all his fellow prisoners, encouraging them to trust in the Immaculata, to forgive their enemies, to pray for their enemies and love them. He was noted for his generosity in surrendering his food despite the fact of the ravages of starvation that he suffered, and he was always going to the end of the line of the infirmary despite having acute tuberculosis. Then in 1949, on August 3rd, one night a prisoner successfully escaped from Auschwitz. And that night the order was given not to distribute the meagre ration to Block 14, where Father Maximilian was. And all the prisoners were filled with terror with the anticipation of what would happen. They were left standing in the sun until 3 p.m. Then that evening they were lined up, ten rows of six each, and the commandant ordered the death by starvation for ten men chosen at random from the same section. And one of the condemned men, Francis Gajovinecek, shouted out lamenting that he would never see his wife and children again. Father Maximilian stepped forward and in his place, offered to exchange his life for this man. So amazingly, the commandant agreed. So the reason that Maximilian offered his life in exchange for Francis Gajovinecek was not only to save Francis, but really a more important mission that he had. And he wanted to be with the other nine who were condemned to death. He wanted to be with them and as a Catholic priest he wanted to pastor them and be with them and help them. And so amazingly he led them in prayers and hymns and was with them and comforted them one by one as each of them died of starvation in this concrete underground bunker. From the moment the door slammed shut on the condemned men, Father Maximilian took charge of them not only those, but also the others who were dying of hunger in nearby cells. And they used to say that the cries of these men as they starved to death used to send shudders through the camp. Well, you can imagine when the other prisoners heard them singing from these cells. Even the SS guards themselves said, we had never saw anything like it before. Father Maximilian wanted each of those nine to die with dignity and to die in peace with Christ and obviously to look after the salvation of their souls. He demonstrated his love for Christ with his own life and death. The ultimate test for any follower of Christ can be applied devoutly and ultimately to Christ's words from John's Gospel. Greater love has no man than this than to lay down his life for his friends and amazingly father Colby who was very ill to begin with was the last to die. Providence had it that he was the last to die and so the Nazis wanted to hasten his death and gave him an injection of carbolic acid. They say as the soldier went to give him this injection he looked up at him and smiled and offered up his arm so St. Maximilian then died on the 14th of August 1941. It was the vigil of the Feast of the Assumption. And Pope Paul VI beatified St. Maximilian Kolbe in 1973. And John Paul II canonized him in 1982 as a martyr of charity. And guess who was there for both the beatification and canonization was the very man whose life he exchanged, Francis Gajovinecek. must have been amazing for him to be there and witness that. Francis said for many years he felt guilty that this man gave his life. But then later, as he came to understand more about who St Maximilian was, he had peace with it. So anyway, the heroism of Father Maximilian went echoing throughout Out Switch and Beyond. In that desert of hatred, he had won by using love. And after the war, newspapers all over the world began carrying articles about this saint for our times, or saint of progress, or giant of holiness, they used to refer to him. Now it was interesting what happened with the canonization of St Maximilian Kolbe. John Paul II set up an advisory panel to investigate if Maximilian Colby could be declared a martyr of the church. Anyway, amazingly, they came back and they said, well, technically, no, he's not a martyr of the church. A martyr of the church is someone who dies for the faith, doesn't necessarily volunteer and step forward and exchange his life for someone else's. John Paul, being the man that he is, came the day for his canonization and they weren't quite sure what he was going to do, but he got up and he declared him, he said, by the authority of this office, I declare him a saint and a martyr of the church. Three months later, John Paul issued an apostolic constitution that radically revised the process by which the church recognises saints and martyrs to make sure that someone like Colby is included in that process. So St. Maximilian Colby, he's the patron saint of journalists, families, prisoners, the pro-life movement, and the chemically addicted. And you might ask, well, why does a martyrdom deserve eternal life? You know, the church teaches this, that anyone who is martyred is automatically saved, no matter what their past. If they give their life for Christ, then they are guaranteed eternal life. And why? Well, it's worth thinking about why. Because really, it's a total proclamation of trust in God. And if we look at the whole message of Divine Mercy, how beautifully that interlocks with that. Jesus, I trust in you to the point that I'll lay down my life for you. Giving up his life for a total stranger, for St. Maximilian, was not a sudden, irrational impulse done on the spur of the moment. It naturally followed from a life of total self-giving, motivated and sustained by an ongoing daily living out his Marian consecration. Saint Maximilian knew that sanctity happens only with deep internal suffering, as the human will is conformed to God's will. And Here's a few quotes that Saint Maximilian would say. The real city of the Immaculata is in our souls. All the rest, even skill, is secondary. Progress is spiritual, or it's not progress at all. So he saw his whole life as a spiritual growth and journey. I love that. I think that's so true. I'm sure all of us have had a taste of that. When we make spiritual progress Somehow our whole life has meaning and all the material things of the world seem trivial by comparison. St Maximilian says, On our own, we are not only too weak to conquer evil, we are not sure as to how it is to be done. He says, The conflict with hell cannot be engaged by men, even the most clever. The Immaculata alone has from God the promise of victory over Satan. He's referring there back to Scripture in Genesis 3.15. The fruitfulness of work depends solely and exclusively on the degree of one's union with God. Wow, if only our world thought like that. The fruitfulness of our work Depends solely upon one's union with God. Get it in the right order, and everything else takes care of itself. Here's another quote. If you knew, my dear brothers, how happy I am. My heart overflows with happiness and peace as much as one is able to be happy on this earth. In spite of the troubles and anxiety of daily life, somewhere at the bottom of my heart, there is always this peace. This joy that cannot be expressed in human words. My brothers, love the Immaculata. Love the Immaculata. She will make you happy. Give her your confidence without limits. Not everyone is privileged to understand the Immaculata. It is given only to those who ask for this grace through prayers. The Immaculata is the mother of God. Do you really understand what it means to say mother of God? Really, truly, mother of God. Only the Holy Spirit is able to make known his spouse to whomever and however he wills. Wow. So since the humble beginnings, the Knights of the Immaculata has spread throughout the world and is today present on the five continents and in 46 nations. Official membership now nears 4 million people. John Paul says that membership in the Knights means complete dedication to the kingdom of God and to the salvation of souls through Mary Immaculate. So I thought we might just end with a few quotes from Maximilian Kolbe some beautiful things to think about. Colby says that the Incarnation could not take place without a perfect union between the Holy Spirit and Mary. As the spouse of the Holy Spirit, who is without sin, Mary is perfectly united in will and spirit with the Holy Spirit. Maximilian teaches us that the same mother who bore Christ, now through the power of her spouse, the Holy Spirit, assists us in conceiving Christ, and thus continues her ministry of divine motherhood and bearing Christ for the world. St. Maximilian Kolbe's Marian consecration is rooted in the principle of the Immaculate Conception, her relationship with Jesus as mother and the Holy Spirit as spouse. Because she is without sin the will of the Immaculata is strictly and perfectly united to the will of the Holy Spirit. And as the Immaculate Conception, therefore, Mary can never be a barrier or a wall between God and us, for she is perfectly and totally united to God and incapable of doing anything apart from the will of God. And as such we are giving ourselves to Jesus to do His will in consecrating ourselves to the Immaculata. When the Word became flesh, the Holy Spirit overshadowed the Immaculate Virgin Mary. And the two, the Holy Spirit and Mary, became not one flesh, but one Spirit, united in mind, heart and soul. She to whom we consecrate ourselves is the ultimate consecration herself. And finally, sacrifice is a necessary condition of love. Without sacrifice, there is no progress in the divine life. Without sacrifice, our love dies out. The source of peace is resignation to the will of God. To do what is in our power and to leave the rest to the divine providence and have the confidence of a child towards its best mother. So, dear Jesus, we thank you for the life of St. Maximilian Colby. We thank you for this inspiring story, his martyrdom, his self-surrender, his total consecration to Mary. Help us, Lord, to imitate his life and to feel that joy and that peace and to have your love and your power so powerfully expressed in our lives as it was in his. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Radio.org.au